Welcome to Gifts from Global Baptists, Stories Engaging Churches in Conversation, a production of the Baptist World Alliance Division on Mission, Evangelism, and Justice. Now here's our host, Trisha Miller-Mannerin. Thank you, Shannon. Today we are blessed to hear from our brother in Christ, General Secretary, Reverend Dr. Neville Callum. Thank you for taking the time to share with us as you prepare for your retirement the end of December 2017. You're very welcome, uh, Tricia, and it's a real pleasure sharing with you in this podcast. You've been serving the BWA for many years, Neville, even before you were called 10 years ago as the General Secretary. How did you first get acquainted with the Baptist World Alliance? That's an easy one. eh? Um, You will remember that I'm from Jamaica, and Jamaica is a very small country. And we have a long history of Baptist involvement in the life of the society, indeed the life of the country, from the times of enslavement of Jamaican people. And we always grew up understanding ourselves as Baptists, as a part of a wider movement than simply the Jamaican reality, a part of a global movement of Baptists. And, uh, and so at our meetings, in our churches, we had that sense of participation in the wider family of Baptists. Furthermore, the the Jamaica Baptist Union has a radio program it has run for many years. Every week, there's a broadcast on a Sunday morning, and every Baptist who listens to the program, and others as well, understood that the Baptist World Alliance Day was going to be observed. So Mm -hmm. from your small, you're hearing about the Baptist World Alliance Day. And then we have a strong tradition of the Jamaicans taking part in the Congress, attending Congresses. And so you always knew that there was this reality. So uh, even before your formation in seminary, mm. you had a sense of participation in the wider family of Baptists. And especially because you didn't know enough about the wider family, you were very happy to be a part. <laughs> <laughs> Over the years as General Secretary, you've traveled the world and have offered hope and solidarity with our Christian brothers and sisters, both Baptist and the larger church. What have you been most surprised to discover about the global church? The global family, it is how much we have in common. How much we have in common in Christ. The heritage of the salvation that is made available to us by the grace of God. Mm. and the joy of being a part of that worldwide family of believers in Jesus Christ. That's one thing that I have recognized and cherished over the years. The other thing that I perhaps could mention is our common sharing in brokenness as a community of God's people. A brokenness that God wants to heal and God seeks perpetually to heal. And therefore, mm. a call to humility for all of us in the church family. Um, those things have remained with me over and over again. The joy of being a part of the family called the church, the great privilege, the wonderful opportunity. And at the same time, the, the, the brokenness that characterizes us as a people of God. Mm. And therefore, the option always to choose humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's, that's the only appropriate response uh, mm-hmm. to the majesty and the holiness of God mm-hmm. in the face of the disappointing ways in which we conduct ourselves from time to time. But God always wanting to heal the brokenness and therefore creating for us hope and renewal. And isn't that wonderful? Mm. 
It is. And your your passion and compassion for this is certainly a hallmark of your time here, along with your notion of unity of the church. How do you hope ecumenism and the ecumenical spirit will continue to impact BWA life and witness? Actually, uh, I am convinced that there is only one church, uh, one church that Jesus founded, that church has found expression in many ways in history. And I, I am passionate about Baptists taking their place at the table of the one church in the world. Table at the one church with pride, as I said, because we have the joy of being children of God. We, we have the joy of being a part of the body of Christ. What a mystery and what a gift. But also with humility, because while, for example, as Baptists, we have much to share with others in other Christian traditions. We have much to share about the, the liberation we have experienced in Christ and the way mediated through our history for God to make us aware and conscious of certain values that are important to the life of the church. But also, we have a lot to learn from the other expressions of church because they also have their giftedness from God. I believe that it is only occupancy at the one table. And mm-hmm. I like the, the, the notion of table because I have the Lord's Supper in mind. Mm-hmm. The one table where we share our gifts with one another, liberally receiving what others bring and gratefully offering what by the grace of God we also can bring that we can realize the vision of a church that is on mission and for God in Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so God's will for the church, God's purpose in calling the church into being can find realization. At that one table, inspired, nurtured, and and fed by the Holy Spirit, and also valuing each other, we can make decisions about how together we can offer a witness on behalf of Christ to the wider world. Do you you have ideas of how that one witness might be lived out in the near future? Insofar as the entire church is concerned, there are features that are hopeful and features that are sad. Um, Hopeful um, because I think the churches are discovering in the modern world the, the urgency of the mandate to work together for the healing of society. Mm. Uh, for liberation, for meeting human need. And that is a very strong feature of the life of the church today, what has been called traditionally diaconic witness. Mm. In that aspect, I think there's reason for joy, (laughs) but also reason for sadness, because some of the fundamental issues that divide us within the church are not being addressed as constructively, patiently, and creatively as we should And if all our actions are predicated on presuppositions that are grounded in the word of God and in an understanding of the reality of God, which is the the theological side, then it means that we cannot simply extract the action from the presuppositions and expect that the actions on their own should accomplish the goals we have for faithfulness to God, for consistency in our actions, and for for a sense of integrity about ourselves. We need to combine the two so the churches can't retreat 
from sitting down and discussing our fundamental doctrinal disagreements, trying to see if the Holy Spirit may open our eyes to discern greater truths emerging from the Word of God that can help us to reshape and restate our fundamental convictions that can be more accommodating of each other's peculiarities. Mm. It sounds like a, a wonderful notion that some would believe is possible and others only believe is possible on the other side of eternity. How might you see this being worked out? Or do you have advice? I tell you what, I am convinced that the unity that we have in the church is a gift of God to the church. You can't see it. It's not visible today, that unity, but it's God's gift to the church. And mm-hmm. scriptures are clear. The New Testament is clear on this subject. God has given us as a church the gift of unity. However, we have splintered the church. We are not living into that unity. If it is God's will that we should live as a united family, and if by our actions we have violated that, we have no choice mm-hmm. but to address how this may be repaired. We can't bring, the, bring about the unity of, it, of the church. Let me repeat that. We can't bring about the unity of the church. But we can work together with the guidance of the Holy Spirit to realize that visible unity that God has given to us, that can become a vehicle for the proclamation of the gospel of salvation that the world may believe. Mm. Mm. That the world may believe. Neville, I am thankful to have been able to serve with you both as a volunteer and as a staff member. I appreciate your deep love of God and your unwavering commitment to cradling everything in theology as a pastor leader. Your commitment to Christian unity will be remembered. The BWA has established a fund, the Callum Unity Fund, to help carry on this legacy. For those who are listening, please go to www.bwanet.org to learn how you can contribute to this fund. Well, I'm grateful that that fund exists, but to speak rather more personally, I am also happy to have had this privilege of working with all of you on the staff of the BWA. And in particular, since I'm speaking with you, I sincerely hope that you'll continue uh, to, to serve the Lord in this way and that uh, avenues will be open for you to continue this work but I ask you never to forget your theological bearings Mm. I don't think you have done so in the past but I'm asking you to (laughs) hold to those as Mm. to affect the work that is your vocation at this time Mm. and I just pray that God bless you in this ministry (laughs) thank you Neville thanks for your time today On behalf of our brothers and sisters around the world, I thank you for your 10 years as our General Secretary. It's been a pleasure to serve, and I will follow with great interest and enthusiasm the future work of the BWA. Brothers and sisters, let us not grow weary in praying for and working toward the unity of the church. This has been a gift from Global Baptists. If you know someone whose ministry story is worth sharing, please email us at mej at bwanet.org, mej at bwanet.org. Join us next time as we hear another story from around the world. This podcast was recorded at the office of the Baptist World Alliance in Falls Church, Virginia, in the United States. Music and editing by Pete Cowett. Please visit us at www.bwanet.org. 